the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Well, good morning. For those of you who may not know me, my name is the Reverend Canon R. Ewing Jackson, otherwise known as Andy, and I've got a question for you. How many of you have never, ever heard me preach, not even one time? All right, choir, I want you in on this too. Well, there are a few of you. Okay, for those of you that raised your hand that have never heard me preach, you're going to be in group A, and you're right here, group A. Now, who all have heard me preach before? Okay, you're going to be in group B, and I'm going to put you right over here. Now, for the folks in group A, I need to tell you a few things about the folks in group B. First of all, they may have heard me preach somewhere else, but probably most of them heard me preach here at the cathedral. And I hadn't preached here in a long time. I mean, it was a while back. And when I looked in the mirror this morning, I noticed that I hadn't changed very much. <laughs> but I can sure look out and see that a lot of the folks in Group B are getting older. <laughs> However, on the whole, I'll have to say that you have aged gracefully and with a lot of class. Now, another thing I need to tell you about the folks in Group B is that some of them have minds like steel traps. They don't forget nothing. From time to time, they'll say to me, oh, I remember your sermon about Camp Mitchell, or I remember your sermon about when you lived on the farm. Well, I'll tell you something. They ain't got a clue as to what the sermon was really about. But what they do remember are the stories and the illustrations. So for all of you folks in Group B, just remember two things. All my stories are good, and if, you sound, if something sounds familiar, it won't hurt you to hear it again. Well, three days ago, we began a new year, 2016. I wonder how long before I can write 2016 instead of 2015. The year 2015 is past history. And three nights ago, we had the opportunity to observe or mark or celebrate this transition, this change from one year to the next. And different ones of us celebrated this event in different ways. Some attended parties and celebrated until the early morning hours. Still others had smaller, perhaps quieter celebrations. And still others of us did not even observe the passing of one year to the next as we were fast asleep by the time the midnight hour rolled around. And as we close the book on 2015, let's take one brief glance backward, not to live in the past, but to see what we might want to do differently in our individual lives in 2016, to see where we might want to make some slight adjustments, or for some of us, perhaps some radical changes, <clears throat> or for me, as I misquote St. Paul, in 2015, I have not done the things I ought to have done, and I have done the things I ought not to have done, and woe is me. And I suppose, too, we can look ahead to this year, 2016, and resolve to try to do a few, or more, few more of the things we ought to do and a few less of the things we ought not to do. Well, today is the second Sunday of Christmas, 
And as we all know, the Christmas season lasts for 12 days, from December the 25th until January the 6th. Some families have a tradition of putting the Christmas tree up on Christmas Eve and leaving it up through the 12 days of Christmas. At our house, the tree goes up a little earlier and comes down a little earlier. But we don't rush the season like some of our friendly merchants. I promise you, I saw it with my own eyes. A Christmas tree in a store on the day after Labor Day. But anyway, today is the second Sunday after Christmas. And in three more days, January the 6th, we will observe the Epiphany, symbolized by the visit of the Magi, or wise men, to the infant Jesus. And since we had a choice of gospel readings for today, which we don't often have, I chose the one about the wise men, and I chose it <clears throat> for two reasons. First, because of the symbolism and what it means for us, and second, because we don't have, often have the opportunity to hear it read on a Sunday morning. According to Webster, epiphany means to show forth or to make manifest. The wise men coming from the east would represent non-Jews or Gentiles. So the epiphany, which we celebrate on January the 6th, is the showing forth of Christ to the Gentiles. And for us then, the meaning of the epiphany, the visit by the wise men to the infant Jesus, is that Jesus came for all people for all times, and that includes you and me. So that's epiphany with a capital E because I know some of you heard some, from time to time someone say, well, I had an epiphany. Well, that's epiphany with a little e, and it means a flash of insight or a moment of sudden intuitive understanding. So the wise men came from the east. They followed the star. They even met Herod, and they eventually came to the infant Jesus, where they presented their gifts. They had made a long and perhaps difficult journey to find Jesus, the Messiah, the Promised One. One of the recurring themes in my preaching is that we're all on a journey in faith. At Christmas, we heard about the shepherds who came to the manger in Bethlehem for, from nearby fields. For them, it was a short journey to find the Christ child. For the wise men, it was a much longer journey. And notice the way the ending, the reading ended today. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. So the wise men began their journey homeward by a new way, a new path, a new direction in their journey. When we come to the Christ child, when we encounter Jesus in our lives, we also have the opportunity to leave by another road, to take a new road on our journey in faith. And in our journey, you and I are alike in many ways. We're, we're all following Jesus. We gather in this place. We say our prayers. We come to the altar rail. We go back out into the world. We have much in common. But on our journey in faith, we're also different from each other in our spiritual life and growth. No two of us are exactly the same place at the same time. And none of us moves at the same speed. And I believe that it's important that we recognize and accept each other as we are, where we are, understanding that when it comes to our journey in faith, just as in all other areas of our lives, we're alike in some ways and yet different in others. 
and exactly how much we're alike and how much we're different, well, my thoughts on this have changed dramatically as I've grown older, or perhaps as I've grown up. For many years, I thought that I was like other people in about 10% of my makeup of how I was, and that I was different from other people in the remaining 90%. And I remember that I could cite numerous of examples of how I was different. I was born on St. Valentine's Day. I'm mostly left-handed. I'm a middle child. I grew up on a farm. In the early years, I attended a country school, and I could go on and on about what made me different from you, what set me apart. Now, psychologists today would probably tell me that these thoughts of being set apart or different probably had a lot to do with low self-esteem, but that's the way I saw myself. Today, my position has reversed, and I'm convinced that I'm like other people in the majority of ways and different in very few ways. I think it's more 90% alike and 10% different. Just take us as a church family. Look at the ways we're alike. Look at the things we hold in common, the things we have in common. We're all children of God. We're all on a journey in faith. We all want to love and be loved. We all have needs. We all have dreams. We want to serve the Lord. We want to be a church family and on and on. We're alike in so many ways. And it has to do not only with how we are on the outside and how we relate to others, but also it has to do with how we are on the inside, our thoughts, our attitudes, how we look out on the world from within ourselves in our relationship with God and with other people. One writer has said that our life is a treasure to be protected and nourished. We're special in the sight of our Lord. As the wise men brought their gifts, they also brought themselves, and they left by another road. Just remember, in 2016, you don't have to do what you've always done. You don't have to do what you've always done. And in this new year, we have the opportunity to bring our whole selves to the Lord, mind, body, and soul, with all of the struggles, the joy, the pain, the sorrow, the celebration, and the peace, so that our journey in life and our journey in faith may find new meaning and new hope. And if need be, perhaps we too may find a new way and a new road. And my charge to you, the parish family of Trinity Cathedral, is to use this year, 2016, as a time to do two things. First, as an individual, try to discover if there's some spiritual traveling that you need to do this year. Our individual journey in faith never ends, at least not in this life. So as you leave the infant Jesus and the Christmas season behind, where are you headed on your journey in life and on your journey in faith? That's the first point. That's the first thing. Look at your own journey. The second thing is to use 2016 as a time to focus on how we are alike, a time to look at our similar similarities a time to reaffirm the things we share in common, a time for us individually and for you as a parish family to reach out in faith and hope and love as we carry out our ministry to each other and to those beyond this place. Amen. <laughs>